Australiana with Jim Hayes from a cell. Makers of Australia's low FODMAP certified liquid stocks. On the count of three. One, two, three. You don't call curry, curry, curry. And you don't call gin, gin, gin. No way. You don't call moony, moony, moony. And you never call kin, kin, kin. I did. Don't. Never call bindi, bindi, bindi. And you don't call grong, grong, grong. And you don't call Wagga 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 no sir, Wagga 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 is wrong. Jim Haynes, welcome Hello, to the Hello Jimmy. Hey fellas, it's lovely to be here. A big here. warm George and Paul, mate. welcome to the yeah. studio. Oh, Hello Jimmy. <laughs> Thank you. We're, yes, now, oh, we're now all quiet on the set, okay, quiet okay, on the set. Okay, I just okay. got to do the advertisement. Right. Uh, Jim will be talking about the ferries, the harbour, the pleasure gardens, the trams. He'll be talking about everything at the Manly <laughs> Gallery tomorrow, uh, observing of course the 11th hour. Uh, the eleventh minute. We will do that. Yeah. Yeah. Remembrance that's, that's Day. Do any silent? And and as luck would have it, you'll be able to buy a copy of his book while you're there. Yeah. <laughs> My new book was planned <laughs> he, for release on he, Remembrance he's Day. He's taking a semi-trailer load with him, <laughs> so please be there. Now that's tomorrow. Yep. Uh, tomorrow at the Manly Gallery. At what time was that, Jimmy? Uh, ten o'clock. Ten o'clock. You need to be there by ten o'clock. You didn't put the time in. No, uh, and last session of how songs work. This is a very interesting one at the Waverley Library this Friday. This coming Friday. 10.30am, and there is a special guest. There's a very special songwriting friend of mine. uh, 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 Can you name? Dropping in. I don't know if I should. She mightn't turn up. Oh, I know who it is. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She is probably the the biggest country music female artist at at the moment. And um, she'll be there. And... uh, uh, just for a little chat and maybe sing a song and talk about, about be songs. Good. And That'd we're be also, good. We're, I'm also going to finish up. This is the last one, and I'm going to talk about the greatest songwriter of all time. I well, one of them anyway. Oh, you got an argument on your hands there. Yip Harburg, the man who wrote nah. all the songs from The Wizard of Oz and nah. Paper Moon. Nah, we'll and, save that for a yeah. late Friday night with a bottle of red. Okay. We'll have that argument. Okay, yeah. we might be able to do that next <laughs> year. <too. laughs> yeah. um, now today we're talking about Remembrance Day and. Yes. and Jim just gave me a fantastic line because when he walked in, we're talking about those idiots that are trying to trying to destroy everything we hold dear, and Remembrance Day is one of them. And Jim said to me, "If you want peace, you prepare for war." Yes, and that's right, isn't it? A Roman general called Bajetius said that many many hundreds of years ago. He who desires peace should prepare prepare for for war. war. And and at least if we if we don't remember, then how are we going to, you know, avoid that's exactly right. Mm. What did somebody there was a time when somebody was doing a campaign calling it um, was it Best Forget Day? Uh, Instead of the old lest we forget. Yeah, best uh, we forget. Best we forget. Idiots. These people are complete idiots. Well if you if you forget then you lose your culture. That's the only thing we've got. And that's but that's what they're trying to do, Jim. I I hate to say but you know with the attacks on Australia Day, remember Remembrance Day, Anzac Day. Now, we've got some questions. Yep. And uh, I was tempted to make them Australian, but I – well, I haven't. I've made them – because I think the difference between Anzac Day and Remembrance Day – Anzac's about us and our culture. And Remembrance is about the war. And it's about everything. Yeah, Yeah. and it's about things that we were involved in but other people were as well. That's right. And and the the sadness and tragedy is is universal. So anyway, I've tried to – here, the question, here are the questions. They're a bit historic, I suppose. Why was the railway carriage – there's a famous railway carriage in which the ceasefire was signed mm. uh, for Remembrance Day, mm. uh, and it was removed from the uh, Compinia – 
Compiègne. 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 My French is my French is a bit rusty. From the Compiègne forest in 1940. Okay. Why was it removed? And if you know where it went, that's even even better. It mm. was it was there as a monument to the uh, Great War, World War One. World War One. Yeah. In 1940, it was removed okay. and taken somewhere. Okay. Uh, now number two, uh, people may remember where was the first official shot of World War One fired? I know that because you did a story. I on did it. a yeah. long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> the first official shot of the World of First World War. Okay, and uh, here's another one. What happened on the second anniversary of Remembrance Day? The first one, which was 1919, they decided to have two-minute silence. Now we only do one, Mm. shortening everything. But uh, on the second anniversary, something happened at Westminster Abbey and the Arc de Triomphe. Okay, three questions, Three fantastic prizes, the Jim Haynes CD. So here we go. Why was the railway carriage uh, in which the ceasefire for World War I was signed removed from the, whatever he said, forest in 1940? Compiègne. Question two, where was the first official shot fired in World War I? And question three, what happened on the second anniversary of Remembrance Day at the Westminster Abbey and the Arc de Triomphe? Okay, the other three questions, 13187. All right, 13183 is the number. It's George and Paul, Jim Haynes with Australiana, and we're taking a look at Remembrance Day. Now, we've got the three questions. Let me see. Um, here we go. Uh, question one, and it's Donald having a go. G'day, Donald. Um, oh, why was the railway carriage, which was used in a ceasefire when it was signed in uh, World War One in an unpronounceable forest uh, in France, <laughs> in uh, why was it moved in 1940? It was moved by Hitler to, to Paris for the French surrender. It was exactly done. That well done. That's Stay exactly there, right. Exactly as you said. Big big winner there. Because the French surrendered to the Germans in 1940 That's in right. the same carriage. In the same. Ca- I remember and, seeing that in one of the documentaries yeah, we saw. And Hitler yeah. said, "I'm taking it to Berlin," and yeah. it was just to, to shame the French. Is really. it still in Berlin? No. What happened was, as the Americans were approaching, uh, somebody blew it up. Okay. And there's a complete absolute replica of it to the very last button and and so on which is now in the forest you can visit it and next to it uh all that's left of the one that they blew up uh in 1945 Mm -hmm. and there's not much of that it's just a few bolts and frank lowry frank uh, lowry 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 i should say uh he had one reproduced a a red one and put it in auschwitz oh really yeah we're talking remembrance day and the anniversary this weekend of the fall of the Berlin Wall, mm. when we were over there with our listeners, we had a look at the, the Gestapo, ruins of the Gestapo headquarters, the wall and the bits and pieces of it, right next to it, and I had to look it up later, was some sort of museum, and it had huge um, statues out the front, Head, the head was missing. Now, this is in 2019. Mm-hmm. The head was missing, and all the sides of it had machine gun bullets in it. And it's uh, and it's still a very famous museum in Berlin, but for some reason they've left the statues at the front, right at the steps, exactly mm. as they were in 1945, with all the bullet holes and the heads wow. missing. And it's oh. quite amazing. Yeah. Now, question two: Where was the first official shot fired in World War One? Okay, Ron, are you there? I'm here, George, Paul, and Jim. Hi, Ron. Uh, the first shot, as I understand, was fired at the entry exit of Port Phillip Bay in Melbourne. I believe it was fired by a shore battery. 
It was. Well done. Stay there, Stay there, Ron. <laughs> Very well done. How weird is that? Yeah. Very well now, done. Now, the, the really strange and weird point mm. in world history, the first shots fired in World War One and, and World, World War Two were fired in Melbourne. Yes. That, that's just bizarre. It's, it is, does, does that it is ta- weird, isn't does it? Does that take into account uh, Germany's invasion of Poland? Well, it takes it, – it's official – from the declaration, from the of declaration. War. Of war. I mean, you could argue that World War One started when they shot Archduke Ferdinand, but yeah. you know it, the, the war hadn't started then. Yeah, and when it did, there was a German trading ship in in Melbourne Harbour, and they tried to get out. It was called the SS Faltz, and uh, they said the defence. Um, a guy who was in charge of Melbourne defences rang Fort Nepean right at the the, mm. <laughs> the heads there, and he said, "Stop her or sink her." So, yeah. and, and they fired across the bow a couple of shots, and she went back, and they were all arrested. So wow. that's it. It's it's the weirdest it's, piece it of it history we have, weird. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, question right. number three: What happened on the second anniversary of Remembrance Day, Westminster Abbey, and the Arc de Triomphe in Paris, uh, Peter? Good morning, fellas. Hello, um, Peter. I think it was the internment of the unknown soldier. Absolutely. Well done. Think correctly. Stay there, mate. Don't go away. You got a prize as well. Um, See, it, t- it took two years, and then someone had this idea of how do we how do we commemorate you know all those deaths? Well, mm-hmm. you choose one who's completely unknown and unidentified, and you, as a representative, as a representative of yeah. all the others and, that are. And unknown, that was. Yeah. The first that was the idea uh, which the French and the and the British. Now had. the thing that the thing that I find difficult, Jim, is that and I'm surprised Australia has an unknown soldier at the war. We do, yeah, but it didn't come till many many years later. It came in 1993. 93, and from which war is the unknown? From the first world, first world war. Okay, and he was taken from a grave uh, on the Western Front. Nobody, of course, you know, you know, mm. he's, he is unknown. Nobody knows who who this body belongs to, and he was uh, brought out to Australia and it was on Remembrance Day 1993 after he was um, you know he'd, he'd been laying in state in the old Parliament House mm. and then he was uh, buried in the Hall of Remembrance a memorial hall in uh, the War Memorial mm. um, and he was buried with a bayonet a sprig of wattle and soil from Poissier really yeah, yeah. So that, it took us a long time. I always thought, as a kid, I thought the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier was in Martin Place. But evidently, uh, yeah, yeah. That, evidently I've since learned yeah. that cenotaph actually means an empty I, grave. I can't believe that. And is that is that is cenotaph, is that French? It, oh, I, what? Don't, I don't know. But I, I didn't know that either because no. I, as a little kid, the, the cenotaph in Wagga was where you all went on Anzac Day and put the, all the wreaths on Anzac yep. Day and you'd walk around and you'd look at all the cards and, and it was a place of remembrance. I didn't mm. know that it meant em, – was it mean well, empty, evidently empty it grave? Evidently it means an empty grave. Empty grave. Yeah. I'll have to check that. I don't know yep. if it's Latin or, or whatever. Yeah, okay. Um, um, so also the difference between – and I'm just looking at your notes here that you sent us – difference between World War One and World War Two basically was the waste of life. I think so. I, I mean, World War One was a war that just happened uh, between you know um, great powers and, and colonial powers and so on. Look, in World War Two, we knew we were fighting evil. Hmm. In World War One, we were just. 
countries fighting yeah, one another. Can, can I, I also uh, jump in there and say that I think the big difference between World War One and Two was probably Monash, the Australian general. He was the one that came up with the the artillery mm. curtain. Mm. So when the troops the troops weren't used as, used as cannon fodder, and this is near the end of the war, what would happen is they'd throw out a, an artillery barrage, move they when they got the tanks, move the tanks forward. The troops would go out across no man's land under the artillery barrage. By the time the artillery stopped, if they did it properly, uh, they'd be right on the Germans' lines and the Germans would be just coming up, putting their heads up again and the troops would be on top of them. Yes. And that saved a lot of lives. Certainly World did. War, World War One is really notable mm. for the technology that allowed thousands of people to die so quickly. It was amazing, you know, when you look at the results of war, and, and I, I've done quite a bit on our aviation industry over the years, and the aviation industry came out of World War One. Mm. At the beginning of World War One, there were these ridiculous kites that had little motors in them. By the end of World War One, there was an aviation industry. Mm. So, you know, because war accelerates um, scientific development and advancement. I mean, look at World War II. We came out of that with the atom bomb and, and nuclear And the power. rockets, the V-2, right. the V2 yeah. rockets. Yeah. So sadly... Oh, jet jet you know, planes. Jet planes yeah, came out of World that's War That's right. And, and so sadly, you know, things are accelerated. Uh, human development, I suppose, if you want to call it that. Or they, yeah. Some people call it civilization. Well, well uh, uh, just on technology, out of World War II, and that's why all the German scientists went to America and Russia yep. at the end, we came out with the rockets, the V-2, and we also came out with jet fighters. Mm. They both come out of Germany yep. in yep. World War II. A lot of the, <laughs> I was just thinking as you were saying that about uh, uh, Tom Lehrer, the great satirist who wrote about Werner von Braun when he right. went to America and he wrote the the uh, the song that got him in a lot of trouble uh, and ended his career as an entertainer really because <laughs> there was a line from Werner von Braun who said, once the rockets are up, who cares where they come down? It's not my department, says Werner von Braun. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, he was uh, – poor old Tom Lira was sued wow. for that. No wonder he got in trouble. Yeah, yeah diff- different era, wasn't it? Yep. Different era. Mm. How many, do we have the, the, the death toll for Australia for World War One and Two? Yeah, look, it, it sounds horrific. We had a small population then and everybody knew somebody who was killed or wounded. Now, our figures were 60,000 killed mm. and 150,000 wounded, mm. and that is – I mean, that's that's mind-boggling yeah. enough. But when you look at other countries, European countries, the deaths uh, in World War One were 10 million military personnel. Oh, uh, civilian deaths were about the same, 10 mm. million civilians and 23 million wounded. Oh, wow. God. Um, and we had 150,000 wounded, 60,000 killed. That's, that's bad enough. Mm. But those figures from Europe are, are horrific. Just and horrific. The, the thing that, that I'd also like to point out is 3 million horses died in yeah, World War One. Yep, none right. came back. All right, we've got, we've, we've got to leave it there for today, Remembrance Day. Now, you've got a poem? I do, and I think this is... I've tossed up. There's so many great poems about World War One, but this one fell out of a pair of socks. A Red Cross parcels used to go to the oh, men, yeah. and the women were not allowed to put in letters or identify themselves. And we don't know who wrote this, but one soldier got a pair of socks and this little poem fell out of them and it goes like this knitted in the tram car knitted in the street knitted by the fireside knitted in the heat knitted in australia where the wattle grows sent to some poor soldier just to warm your toes knitted by the seaside knitted in the train knitted by the in the sunshine knitted in the rain knitted here and knitted there with this soft refrain may the one who wears them 
come back to us again. They're beautiful. And nobody mm. knows. It nobody was just knows. some woman who wrote a little poem, put yeah. it in a pair of socks. Isn't that fantastic? Isn't that and, and the soldier obviously kept the, uh, yes, the poem. Yes, he kept it and passed it on to somebody yeah. because uh, I right. was lucky enough to find it down in the War Memorial. All right, Jim, thank you very much. It's a pleasure. Have a great week. And for our listeners, um, tomorrow, Remembrance Day, 11th of the 11th, and, of course, at 11 o'clock in the morning, we pause and remember all those who died in all wars, all conflicts, uh, of the 20th and 21st century and, and beyond mm. that as well. War itself, Remembrance Day tomorrow. Thank you, Jimmy. A pleasure. Thank you, Jim. Bye-bye. See, See you next week. week. Ian McFedrin will join us in the next hour. We're going to talk about the Prime Minister talking about the possibility of a royal commission uh, in the way veterans are dealt with when they come back, or not dealt with probably. And, of course, uh, Dr Ross Walker with Health and Dolly will join us to wrap up our part of the weekend. So it's George and Paul, 2GB, 4BC, uh, 131873 is the number. We'll come back after the news. <laughs> 